0: Imagine it. yeah
1: You mentioned a podcast with Kevin and Dane.
0: I'm Dane. And I'm high, <laughs> but I'm also Kevin. What's good? Nothing much. Hot as fuck in New York City.
1: The stew has no air conditioning.
0: Yeah. This is the trap stew. The trap cast.
1: This is the hardships we endure to provide a quality podcast. Right. We put it on the line. <laughs> <laughs> So, Kevin, you got to um, take the lead on the opening segment today. I'm excited about this one.
0: Oh yeah, let me pull the pull this picture up for inspiration for inspo. So, <laughs> for all you fashionistas out there, wouldn't the is it
1: fashionista, fashionista or fashionista? Well, I'm
0: just saying it, it, it's a romance language, so
1: it's gendered, right? So are we talking about specifically... Men. Men, okay. Yes.
0: <laughs> Just looking at it is ridiculous. So um, so cats who are like into the whole like oversized jackets or coats and sort of wearing, like letting them hang off with this sort of like thrown together sort of look... I I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. That is the worst shit in the history of fashion. Like, who, to to think that like so you see people like Russell Westbrook and like Victor Oladipo, like all the league cats are like.
1: Uh, should we? Sorry, I'm. I I don't want to mess with your your flow right now. But should we clarify that this specifically came about from a Victor Oladipo? Yes, yeah, this came Instagram from Instagram. Yeah, this,
0: well, this is well. It's a Def Jam post, and it was Victor Oladipo pictured with Pusha T. Okay. And so, yeah, this this post came this June 18th, and it's just, it's the worst shit ever. So
1: why don't you describe it?
0: So Victor is standing here in his egregiously ugly balenciaga what are they called what are the uh the the chunky
1: joints called i, I have no are they the there are they the are they the clunkers or are yeah, they like the, socks? The, the
0: triple the triple s i think that's what they're called the triple okay. s okay uh so the big the big chunky joint with a gucci hoodie and some you know coat maybe a canada goose the gucci hoodie
1: underneath the coat underneath
0: the coat right. That's like oversized and hanging off of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the The whole idea of this style is supposed to be like it's thrown together. You're just kind of rocking some shit, but it's like it's contrived. Like you're, it's you're deliberately wearing it like that. Like no one wears a jacket, yeah, like that. Like who does? Like Russell Westbrook wears denim jackets like that, like hanging off his shoulder. Like that shit is so
1: stupid. This is. I, yo, I'm I'm so hyped that we have like this thematic unity going. <laughs> but this is it's so classic. When you brought this up as a potential opening segment, I'm like, fuck yes, because it's classic. Just because you have money and you can afford these brands <clears throat> does not mean you have any sense of style or fashion. If anything, right. your your fashion game once you once you get the check and now you can afford all these brands that you've like fetishized. Right now, it, like your shit might actually go down. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because you're just like relying on the currency that these brands exactly. provide.
0: Exactly. It's, it's really no thought going into like how you style yourself at that point. It's just like, oh, this is a Gucci hoodie. This is These are the Balenciaga joints. Like, let me throw on the jacket. Like, that shit is so trash. And like to walk around, like the crazy part about it is I've never seen anybody like on the streets like exactly. rocking the jacket like that.
1: And to take it a step further from what we've been talking about, this is also like... At a certain point, it gets so egregious that you have to ask yourself the question, does this even look good?
0: <laughs> right.
1: And, like, that's a lot of the stuff, like, when I'm just, like, browsing Instagram or whatever and I see, like, a picture like that or, like, even more egregious. For whatever reason, all I see in my – my algorithms have just been throwing so much of that singer Billie Eilish at me. Do you know who that is? She's, like, this little pop star, I think. mm mm-hmm. But she's very, like, she has a sort of, like, anti-slash-counter-cultural, I would say, image. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of like like sad porn, she's like, 17-year-old white, <laughs> white girl. Her, I, I don't think her music sounds anything hip-hop at Jace, but her image is, like, she's totally capitalizing. Like, all her pictures, she's always with, like, you know, she's with Black from Atlanta. She's with fucking JID, She's touring with Denzel Curry, all of this mm-hmm. shit. Mm-hmm. And, like she wears the like the OD oversized like shorts that when i was growing up it was like oh that's the kids that hang out at the mall smoke cigarettes and skateboard with their DC shoes and like listen to insane clown posse like that's the shit that you wear <laughs> and, and and like she's wearing and like just ugly ass oversized ugly like and i'm right. and i'm like this outfit probably costs more than the accumulated rent I pay for, the whole, for like the whole year and it looks awful. Right. It looks bad. Like at a certain point, it's like what are you trying to do by wearing shit? Like does it look good? No. No, and it's about I, the and I'm, and I'm not saying you can't wear some edgy shit but at a certain point, it's like it just begs the question like this looks bad.
0: Right. Like are you sacrificing are you sacrificing your outfit actually looking good for being edgy.
1: It, yeah, and it it's it just like it's sort of like at a certain point like it's not so deep anymore, like just like take a step back. If this if there were any other context to this, we'd be like or if there were no context to this rather, it's like you look ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> right. You look like you're right. in, in the insane clown right. posse cult or, what, <laughs> right. or whatever. What do they call the, them? The juggalo. The, the, the you look like a juggalo. Yeah, but it's 2019, like so like now it's like kind of cool. To, like, Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, bro, that shit is trash. Like, stop it. Just stop it. Like, all of that, like, it's certain shit that you can, you know, sort of push boundaries with. But a lot of times, man, that shit doesn't work. Mm mm. And I haven't seen oh, Girl you're talking about. I know that Westbrook Victor Oladipo shit is absolute garbage. I know that for a fact. And so are the Balenciaga triple S joints. Those are trash.
1: Yeah. It just it just gives me more respect for people who like don't play the games like that. Mm-hmm. Slash people who just have their are comfortable maybe even in that world, but they have their own style. Like, I mean, you said the picture was with Pusha T and Victor Oladipo, like Pusha T yeah. has that shit right. on lock. Right. Like you I'm never going to like, maybe I don't want to speak in absolutes, but like for the most part, I've never seen Pusha T and I'm like, that's ridiculous. Even right. though, even though if you decontextualize it, it is ridiculous. Like, so I, I remember that when, um, when Drake like hired goons to like try to get him at that concert and, wasn't in Canada. Yeah, it was in Canada. He was wearing some out there shit, <laughs> hey, but that, like just the, but that, I was like, that, but, that, but that Pusha was like pulling it off.
0: That's that yay shit.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> no, I remember that that outfit was. Kind it was of like ridiculous. a. It was like a red. It was something. Yeah, it was yeah. like
1: it was like it looked like yeah. he was about to do like a rain dance yeah, it was pretty and like ridiculous. summon the gods with it or some shit. But it was like it was ill.
0: Yeah. yeah it was cool. He pulled it off. Like I, I think, I think like cats like Pusha uh fab you know like those fab just has good style yeah but but that but that's the thing is like they can actually dress like this shit like i'm rocking the gucci shit like who knows what kind of jeans you know he had on in that picture um you know, the Triple S joints, the, the Canada Goose joint, or the, you know, Montclair. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Also, goose it down. was
1: June. I don't know what then, uh, right, kind of climate wh- they were in. <laughs> I don't but, know. But, yo, if, if you are a human being, you, or, like, you cannot, how many layers do you have on, like, just for the sake of, like, how much are you sweating under there, Victor Oladipo? Right. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Fucking Freddie Gibbs and Mad Lib came out um yeah so right now prisoner of the moment shit i think bandana is actually the stronger between bandana and pinata yeah
0: i i'm starting to lean toward toward the same conclusion i
1: I, I truly think it's like a, a a better quality listen from start to end than pinata is
0: yeah yeah i think i just like at the same time like while cats can be like prisoners of the moment you're also, like, prisoners of nostalgia and of, like, the past and shit. And so, I guess, like, piñata, like, there's there's never going to be a moment like the first one, you know? Like, period. And and so, yeah, it is kind of difficult to be like, oh, this shit is just, like, better than piñata, like, right off the bat. But, yeah, it, it's, it's starting to feel that way. It's starting to feel that way. I
1: think... Bandana coming out just automatically forces you to are you're gonna start comparing them. I think Pinata suffers from a few too many features that are kind of like non sequiturs, Mm -hmm. like the Danny Brown feature. Like I don't need the Danny. Like I went back and listened to Pinata. Oh, I love that song is so ill. And then Danny Brown is is such a a, like an idiosyncratic voice, and it's like it's like the beat is so ill. Freddie Gibbs is vibing and then it's like Danny Mac comes up. <laughs> Or like same with like same with like the Mac Mil- like the Mac Miller feature and people always qu- cite that verse as like a dope Mac Miller verse. I'm like and all, and like all the all those random odd future cats who have features on there like I know Earl has a ve- feature on there.
0: Yes, yeah, the Earl and uh Damo Genesis. Yeah. Uh, track. That was pretty cool, but yeah I, I think I think the moments on okay. So I think I can concede that Bandana is just a better album. Okay? I think that the moments that you get on Piñata are are just much more distinct than the ones on Bandana. So like for instance Harold on Piñata. Amazing. You feel me? Um Lakers like Gibbs and Absol annihilate that yep nicks that real one of the greatest diss tracks of course yeah of yeah, all yeah. time you know um even the shit with bj the chicago kid is is fire and so it's like the moments on pinata are like so
1: dope that so you're saying the highs are are, yeah, are just so high are, yeah yeah, yeah, are better yeah. On, on pinata. Right. i can get with that i think the overall like I feel like Bandana is better orchestrated and in terms of – for some reason, I fixated fixated on the features and for me, Bandana, like assessing the features, it's like they're so much more strategically placed and they serve the music. Like the Killer Mike – like having Killer Mike not really deliver a verse. He's just singing the hook, not rapping the hook. Like that's ill and then Pusha going fucking crazy is like – ill, like having Black Thought, having most deaf, it's like, it's not like, for some of, for some reason, going oh, that back... That song
0: is so fucking stupid.
1: <laughs> and also, whenever I'm listening to Black Thought, it's like, it's not just a six. Like, it keeps, yo, he just yo, does not stop. No, it's, it's not it's just unfair. a sixteen. It's yeah, yeah. unfair.
0: It's unfair. Like, Black Thought, and the crazy thing is, like, for Gibbs to have ripped the way he did, like, going after, like, you never know what you're gonna get with most death, like he'll probably sing some shit. He'll either just rip if he wants to, like do a, a combination of both. You know what the fuck you're getting with black thought. But then for Gibbs to come and just like annihilate it. Like for him to have the last verse on that song, it was like, okay, you gotta come with it. Yeah. And for him to have delivered, that shit was like, oh my God.
1: Freddie Gibbs is really, like, I, he, to me, he's one, of the, he's one of the best to do it. Bro. Oh, no,
0: yeah, yeah, easily, easily. Like? Easily.
1: Yeah, fuck.
0: Your, one of your uh, rappers. Your favorite, your favorite rapper's, rapper's favorite, favorite rapper. rapper. Exactly. Yeah,
1: yeah he's Coming in that soon. class. He's in that class. Um, all right, this mm-hmm. is wrap-up the opening segment. When we come back, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking about... Harry Frankfurt's. Uh, great essay on bullshit it's called on bullshit and so yeah we're gonna be talking about what the fuck bullshit is and why a
0: lot of you are full of bullshit or are bullshitters
1: alright when we get back to the Now That You Mention It podcast. Hello, everyone. At this point in the show, we would like to welcome our listeners to reach out to us on our social media. And this time, it won't be a surprise that we now have a Facebook, because now we have a Facebook. We have a Twitter, we have an Instagram, we have a Facebook. It's all at N-T-Y-M-I pod. Mm. The same with our email. Send us a question. <laughs> right. Maybe. Support us, rate us, review us, do all that. All right, we appreciate it. Said Kevin, like unsincerely. It's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for the main segment of today's show, we are talking about the Harry Frankfurt essay. We we established that we would call it an essay, right? Yeah, it's it's, a, it's packaged as a little book, but it's. It's an essay. The essay is called On Bullshit, which we, he wrote in 2004. Right. Last time I was saying it was 2005. He wrote in 2004, and Harry Frankfurt is one of the biggest philosophers that's still alive today that is actually taught, you know, in undergrad philosophy courses, which is how I got turned on to Harry Frankfurt. I did my oh. thesis on him. You got turned on. Oh, my God, bro. (laughs) Kevin is, like, over-scrutinizing. You're just nasty. I'm fucking nasty. (laughs) Hey, no. So, yeah. So, Harry Frankfurt. (laughs) Yeah, back
0: to Harry Frankfurt, please.
1: Um... Yeah, so he's at Princeton. He's getting old. He's probably older he's now. He's getting old. He's getting old. <laughs> because he wrote his he wrote his most famous shit in the sixties, which is like the paper that hey, I bro, really learned about.
0: We need to we need to really do this philosophy shit because like he's old as fuck. Uh, Noam Chomsky's old as fuck. Like I think philosophy keeps you keeps you here.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of other like Peter Singer. No, Peter, Peter Singer is one of the most famous philosophers, but he's still relatively young, I yeah. think. Or not, I mean, he's probably in his 50s, 60s. Yeah. Like, old is like 70, 80. Yeah. 90s, Frankfurt's like, definitely getting up. Yeah. yeah. Like, he's, Chomsky is he's like,
0: like almost 100. Damn.
1: Yeah. Um, anyways, so Harry Frankfurt. Yeah. Hey,
0: get back to it, bro. Stay on track.
1: Okay. Um, Preeminent philosopher from Princeton wrote this book. This was like his. I think this is really how he, like, jumped onto the, like, more mainstream, like, you could find this book, like, in Barnes & Noble instead of just, like, having it assigned to you by professors at fucking wherever, university. Um, Anyways, this is what he's trying to do in this book. He is trying to define what bullshit is and come up with a theory of what bullshit is. And he, he starts the first line of his essay. The first line of his essay reads, one of the most salient features of our culture is that there is so much bullshit. Um, And he says, like, there is no theory of what it is. So, like, he starts from this assumption, like, you know, you're bullshitting. There's so much bullshit out there. The news is bullshit. Social media is bullshit, even though he wrote this kind of prior to social media and all that shit. But anyway, so his goal in writing this is to come up with a theory of bullshit to give a rough account of what bullshit is um, to basically articulate the structure of the concept of bullshit. And the way he does this is he kind of like consults dictionary entries and some work on some similar concepts and then he offers his critique and then finally about halfway through the essay he comes up with his theory of what bullshit is. So um how how should we how should we go about this, Kevin? All right, I I know. I know. He <laughs> oh, do you <laughs> do you really? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the first, um, the first work he cites is this essay from 1985 by a guy named Max Black. The essay is called "The Prevalence of Humbug," and Max Black offers this definition of humbug, which Frankfurt takes to be kind of instructive and like leading towards what bullshit is. So humbug, according to this dude Max Black, is deceptive misrepresentation short of lying, especially by pretentious word or deed of somebody's own thoughts, feelings, or attitudes. So the property of bullshit that Frank Frankfurt thinks Max Black hits on is that bullshit is deceptive misrepresentation of the speaker's state of mind. So basically Frankfurt is differentiating bullshitting and lying. Bullshitting is something else, which I don't know if you had difficulty with this part, Kevin, but this was always the one hang up I had with this essay is that the whole thing kind of depends on Frankfurt differentiating between lying and bullshitting.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, of course. Because I think a lot of people take bullshit or bullshitting to be lying. Like when you say like you're bullshitting someone, to some extent you are, or not even necessarily lying all the way, but you are misrepresenting the truth. And so based on that, I think it is like, it's instructive for us to try to like make that distinction and to see if it's even possible.
1: So... Frankfurt uses this example, which was really um, helpful for me in terms of really parsing this shit out. So if you say something, you if you lie, mm-hmm. and you say, I have $20 in my pocket, and you don't have $20 in your pocket, um, you're – what Frankfurt says is you're inevitably misrepresenting – something about your own state of mind too. So you're lying about two things, even though it's just one statement. You're lying about what's really in your pocket and you're lying about what's in your head, namely that you believe you have $20 in your pocket. But then he kind of does a little pivot and he's like, well, it's not really quite like that because you're not explicitly making a statement about your thought process. So you're not, you're explicitly telling a lie about the state of affairs in your pocket. Mm -hmm. I have $20 in my pocket. You have shit in your pocket. But you're not actually coming out and saying, I believe I have $20 in my pocket. And you could object to this by like, I don't know. So I'm not sure it totally, Frankfurt's distinction totally works. But that's kind of the basis of his differentiating bullshitting and lying, which is going to, which depends on his definition of bullshit. So let's just get to that. So this is what Frankfurt um, says after talking about a few more examples he comes up with an essential property of bullshit. Bullshit are statements that are made with a lack of connection to a concern for the truth. And indifference to the, th- the way things really are, that, Frankfurt says, is the essence of bullshit. So basically, bullshit is when you're saying something to convey something about your identity without a real concern for whether or not that thing you say is true. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, but I don't know how much I believe it. <laughs> Holy
1: shit. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Stop being you're so meta. Um so uh, let's say let's one example another example like really helped me understand what Frankfurt is saying. So to understand bullshit I thought of some cat saying gender is a social construct. Mm-hmm. Right? Imagine somebody who's at a cocktail party and just, you know, he's with a group of people who he thinks would be receptive to that kind of thing. Yo, know, gender is a social construct, whatever. Now, this person doesn't actually care about whether or not gender really is a social construct or not. He is just trying to... Convey an opinion of himself to other people, right. namely that he's a person that is like I don't know, fucking woke or progressive <laughs> or or cares about shit like that. Right. You know. Um, another thing I thought of was, and so that would be an example of bullshit. Now, it wouldn't be bullshit if you're a person who tr- who truly believes gender right. is a social construct. Right. You, I mean, the truth value value of your statement is going to be. Born out by whether or not gender actually is a social construct, but it totally depends on like the intention of the yeah, speaker, right? And then, one other thing I thought of were those um, like I think they're Jimmy Fallon videos where he goes to Coachella or whatever and he's asking people about totally made up bands, mm-hmm. right? Like, he'll like find random concert goers and be like, Yo, what did you think of so and so? and it's like a totally, and then inevitably. The person that's being interviewed will be like, "Oh, yeah, I really love him. I can't wait for his next album right, meanwhile, right, right. like it's a totally made up fictitious right. thing and like so it's like that to me is another example of bullshit where the person obviously well it, actually i don't know, is that lying no,
0: i and I guess that's the fine line that that we have to walk with this, but I will say that well, maybe not, and so maybe like bullshitting has to do with maybe like sort of like claims you make or associations you make right so like say for so the the band like the the Jimmy Fallon shit you saying oh yeah i'm you know i love you know whatever the band is can't wait for their next album you're bullshitting because you're in a particular type of space and you don't want to seem out of place. You don't want to seem like you don't belong or whatever. So you bullshit in order to, you know, establish yourself in that space. In the same way that the person who, you know, says, okay, I'm, I, you know, believe gender is a social construct, yada, 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 or whatever. If you're in a room full of, you know, woke progressive people, then yeah, this is what you're trying to say to try to project You're trying that. to like ingratiate yeah, yourself. You're trying to, you're yeah. trying to pro- project a certain image in order to ingratiate yourself in whatever that, community is at that time exactly so yeah so i so that part i think is bullshitting whereas lying i think would more so deal with like a direct sort of so people lie oftentimes out of fear of whatever consequences come from whatever the fuck that they just did right so like you're lying to your wife when you say like oh i wasn't you know fucking old girl you know, across town last night or whatever. So, yeah,
1: so Frankfurt says that the liar, the bullshitter is more dangerous to the truth, is more of a danger to the truth, because the liar actually... In order to lie, you have to know what the truth is. And you just mm. substitute a false claim where a true claim should be. Right. So you have to have some kind of respect for the truth. The bullshitter has no concern for the truth at all. And that's why Frankfurt says that bullshit is more of a pernicious phenomenon and more ultimately of a dangerous one. And I think he was like very – um, what's the word? Ahead of his time <laughs> given where we're at in 2019. Right, right, right. But but anyways, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Keep going.
0: No, but that, that's kind of where I was, where I wanted to land though is like – this whole idea that that the liar knows what the truth is and is accepting that truth in order to subvert it or whatever, you know? Whereas, Whereas the bullshitter is just like, oh, I hear something. Yeah, I don't know for a fact, but because of where I'm at, I have to, like, play the role, and so, you know, fuck it. Like, I mean customer service is bullshit mm-hmm. you know like cats are you know are bullshitting when they act a certain way with you as if they really care about you know your needs as a customer yeah. calling into you know whatever yeah. call center
1: you could say I mean I think Frankfurt even hints maybe there's one or two lines about it um, in the in the essay but you know marketing and advertisers spend millions on right. Careful, what Frankfurt calls carefully wrought bullshit so he's so there, he's kind of arguing against the idea that bullshit is just, you know, crafted with like shoddily crafted. You know, mm-hmm. you think of like oh, like, um,
0: like you call something boot. You call oh, something bullshit,
1: bullshit. It, meaning that it's, it's not put to yeah. not well put together. Right. It's like falling apart. It's bootleg. It's janky or whatever. But like, that's not necessarily true because like what we were just saying, like it can be something that's meticulously crafted, Mm -hmm. designed to convey a certain impression, like in terms of the customer service thing, designed to convey the impression to the consumer that the company actually really fucking cares about your well-being or whatever. Right. Um, So the sort of bombshell conclusion of this paper is that, well, maybe we don't want to jump to it. So he starts, (laughs) he, he... after he sort of advances his theory of what bullshit is, Frankfurt asks the question why there is so much bullshit. And again, he sort of takes it as takes it for granted that everyone knows that there's mad bullshit out there. Which I mean, I'll, I'll agree to it for the sake of having this discussion and like going along with Frankfurt. Like, yeah, I think there's a lot of bullshit out there. Mm-hmm. Um and so Frankfurt says that this is because I don't that, think
0: we needed Frankfurt to tell us this. Yeah, of exactly.
1: <laughs> so Frankfurt says that there's so much bullshit because he says it's because of the fact that we live in a democratic society. Everyone's expected to have an opinion on everything. And what he says is that you can't know everything, therefore bullshit abounds. I,
0: I, I have to I have to read the excerpt. Because it, it is my favorite part of the book, actually, what you're hitting at. So on page sixty three. How how many pages is this shit? Like sixty six or some shit? I don't know. But yeah. So anyway, so Frankfurt says, says, bullshit is unavoidable whenever circumstances require someone to talk without knowing what he or she is actually talking about. Thus, the production of bullshit is stimulated whenever a person's obligations or opportunities to speak about some topic exceed his knowledge of the facts that are relevant to that topic. He continues, this discrepancy is, is common in public life, where people are frequently impaled, whether by their own propensities or by the demands of others, to speak extensively about matters of which they are to some degree ignorant. <laughs> so, wrapping up, he says, closely related instances arise from the widespread conviction That it is the responsibility of a citizen in a democracy to have opinions about everything, or at least that pertains to the conduct of his country's affairs. The lack of any significant connection between a person's opinions and his apprehension of reality will be even more severe, needless to say, for someone who believes in his responsibility as a conscientious moral agent to evaluate events and conditions in all parts of the world. Bars. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Bars. <laughs> <laughs> Bars. Yeah, bro. Fuck. Frank yeah, this one Frankfurt was Yeah, he he
0: he was spitting on Yeah, that part. yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Because
0: that like wrapped up that wrapped up exactly how we sort of organize ourselves in a society, like with these, you know, ideas of like this responsibility as a citizen to know shit or have an opinion or opine on everything. Like, that shit's impossible.
1: And so he he identifies this really interesting trend, which I think is so fucking true. But so, because everyone's expected to have an opinion on everything and you can't know everything, he says, there's so much bullshit, just out of necessity. Mm -hmm. Also, he says, because we can't know everything, there's a retreat from trying to know everything Mm -hmm. about the external world and there's a rush to try to Be – know yourself and be sincere to yourself. So here's where I got a quote. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, this is his – Frankfurt's – this is where Frankfurt brings in the concept of sincerity. So he says, quote, rather than seeking primarily to arrive at accurate representations of a common world, the individual turns toward trying to provide honest representations of himself. It is as though he decides that since it makes no sense to try to be true to the facts, he must therefore try instead to be true to himself. But Frankfurt says it's preposterous to think that we are these determinate, knowable things. So even sincerity, like trying to be true to yourself, is bullshit. And that's how he ends the essay. Sincerity itself is bullshit. Right. It's
0: unavoidable. Bullshit is unavoidable. Like in that, you know, in Frankfurt. Uh, Frankfurtian terms, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it's impossible to avoid bullshit because, like you said, we we sort of retreat to this, you know, to subjectivizing the world, which I believe that's just how you experience the world. You you know, there are like sort of there's this facticity, you know, to your life where you're born, who you're born to, all that kind of shit, and so that determines a lot about you know your life's outcome, but how you experience those, you know, biographical facts and parameters around your life. I think how you make sense of that and how you experience that is subjective. You know, like I know I grew up with three siblings and we grew up in the same house and everything. But our experiences. Growing up in the same house, in the same city, blah, 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 are obviously different because we're just different people. But that part is uh, that's also what's unavoidable is the fact that you know you can't get past the subjective you know experience and you can't know all there is to know about the objective experience so you're just like in this cloud of bullshit
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I I so wholeheartedly agree with his conclusion that sincerity is bullshit like
0: Yeah Yeah but it, it has to like think about like the shit people are, like, sincere about. Or the shit that they, like... Think of, like, just the postscript. Like, sincerely yours, whatever, whatever. After you just, like, sent a Dear John letter to somebody yeah, or some yeah. shit. Like, damn, you just shitted on me and, and broke up with me. But then you hit me with the sincerity at the end. <laughs> <laughs> That's some bullshit.
1: <laughs> so, okay. So, I I want to turn it over to just, like, trying to answer some questions. Not necessarily that Frankfurt poses. But, okay, so... The thing to take away from Frankfurt is that bullshit is when you're talking without concern for whether or not the things you're saying are true or not. Mm. You're just trying to ingratiate or you're just trying to come across a certain way to your audience. Okay. So is bullshit necessary? My question was how much would we actually say to one another if everything we said – was, like, meticulously uh, concerned with being an accurate representation of reality or, like, constrained by the truth. Like, I feel like at work... Oh, no, it
0: doesn't work. Yeah. It doesn't work. Like, it... This shit doesn't operate, doesn't function without bullshit. Period. Like, you don't like your boss, but you smile and you laugh at the whack jokes and all of that shit because... That person signs your check. Yeah, you're bullshitting.
1: Is okay, but is that bullshit or is that just being duplicitous? Because that's it's almost like you're sub. That to me is almost more like you're lying without actually saying anything, or even you're you're sort of substituting a reality, a false reality where a true reality could go. Where like if you're laughing at a at a whack joke for your boss, it's like you're substituting. The reality of, oh, I think that's funny for the actual reality, which is that's trash and I'm just laughing because you're my boss. Right. But I Whereas that... bullshit would be like.
0: But so, so if again, so we, we're talking about, I guess it would have to depend on the, on the circumstances of that exchange, right? So you might be bullshitting if you're in a meeting and everybody laughs at the joke. You don't want to be the fucking, you know, odd man not laughing at the boss's joke. In the meeting, right? Because everybody's laughing at it because they know we gotta get our fucking check signed. Yeah. Now, if you're talking to him one on one, he or she one on one rather, and because I believe in uh, gender equality. Thanks, Kevin. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but yeah. So like, if you're one on one with that person, maybe in that sense you would kind of be lying because I think it's a more like just a more direct uh, relation. So it's like that has more um, what am I trying to say? I think that has more like bearing over your status at that job in that context when you're like one-on-one with this person. If you're an asshole towards your boss one-on-one, they could just be like, fuck you and get the fuck out, you know? And so in in that circumstance, you might just say, fuck it and let me laugh to save myself in this situation, whereas you're just bullshitting to get along in the in the group meeting, you know, so that's kind of like where I, I would think it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I can see that. So, one really interesting thing that Frankfurt actually brought up himself is this idea of bull sessions, mm-hmm. which Frankfurt um, defines as. Conversations concerning what he says here. I have the quote right here uh, very personal, emotion laden aspects of life, like religion, politics, or sex, which he says people are generally reluctant to speak altogether openly about for fear that they might be taken too seriously. So he says, what tends to go on in a bull session is that the participants try out various thoughts and attitudes in order to see how it feels to hear themselves saying such things and in order to discover how others respond. Here's the important part: Without its being assumed that they are committed to what they say,:. Colon, it is understood by everyone in the bull session that the statements people make do not necessarily reveal what they really believe or how they really feel. OK, After reading that, my question was, after, like after re- reading the, like the fifth, fifth fucking Time or whatever, do bull sessions still really exist in today's, I don't know, political climate, with like the gotcha culture and like the call-out culture? Um yeah, probably. I, I, okay. Probably. Um I feel like even at work, which is where bullshit abounds, like I was just saying, but like there's still like an element of like watch what you say because you don't know what might be taken a certain way by someone right. who might feel a certain type of way about something.
0: Yeah, so I think like I think this is like a spatial argument or discussion. So like think about like the black barber shop like that's you know breeding ground for bullshit and getting off like you know your wild opinions and conspiracies and and everything shit that you know would be taboo you know in the larger sort of in the larger public uh public realm right so it's like i think it depends like online if we're talking about like bull sessions sort of existing online uh maybe, but would that be trolling like in the sense or kind of in that wheelhouse of like cats who like convene, you know what I'm saying, and yeah. like they all jump in a certain person's comments and troll and shit like that. You know, maybe, I don't know.
1: No, I think, I think, I think Bull Sessions, as Frankfurt defines them, definitely still exist, like, you know, when we're here. Right. Kicking it when you're amongst your close friends and whatever. Right. But, in general, I feel like there's less space. Yeah. For that kind of, like, trying on something and, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. because everything's on social media. Yeah. Like, those spaces worked because... They were essentially like, you know, closed off. Like, if you were there, you know, if you know, you know, type shit. But now it's like, yeah, we're having this, you know, discussion in a barbershop, shop. But then, you know, one cat pulls out his phone, and you know, now the shit's on IG and Snapchat and shit. And so the the privacy and the integrity of that conversation is lost now, especially if people know that they're on that they're on camera. You know, like if they know, like. Between anywhere between fifty and a thousand people are gonna see this shit. Maybe I'm not gonna say how I really feel about this. So then you know, here comes the bullshit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so I want to go back to we had talked earlier about like an example in the barber shop. What was your example we talked about where you were like, so yeah, the so cat, like, the cat, the yeah. cat who's just like, yeah, bitches ain't shit. Right. Right. So because he's trying to well. You want you lay, lay so, out that yeah. example because I thought that was sick.
0: So, in the sort of in the same vein as like the cat who's trying to appeal to his surroundings, who says, you know, gender is a social construct, you have the same cat who goes into the barbershop and he's like, bitches ain't shit because he's in this barbershop setting. Now, again, if he doesn't necessarily believe that, but he's only saying that to ingratiate himself in this space then he's bullshitting whereas the lie the lie comes in into play when
1: well if he doesn't believe that mm-hmm. if he's actually super you know straight up with his equal men and women are both fucking great mm-hmm. and i <laughs> i don't right, right, i'm not a misogynist and whatever like right, right. Wouldn't that? And then he says that to ingratiate himself. Now, see, this is where I have the difficulty with Frankfurt. Isn't that lying? If his, if what he knows but to I, be true, I, but the so, and he goes in there and says "bitches ain't shit," and he's a the, regular dude I, I who think, thinks men and w- women are equal. Isn't he lying?
0: I think it's. I think it's contingent upon what he stands to lose. Like I don't. Like I said, I, I don't think that you are. You're not lying without like this sort of fear of whatever your real opinion or the, the, you know, truth of your actions or whatever. People lie to sort of deflect from those consequences, whereas the bullshitter is trying to project themselves to be a certain way in the world. And so for him to say bitches ain't shit, even though he may not believe it based on the space that he's in, it's like, OK. I'm saying this because I'm in a room full of these men who, you know, I'm assuming believe this same type of shit. And I feel like this would ingratiate me in this space at this particular moment. Whereas if he says bitches ain't shit. Or he feels like that, you know, and he's in an argument with his girl or something like that. He's not going to say that shit in that moment, you know, that he's you know, going at it with his girl, whatever, out of fear that, you know, it's going to make the situation with his relationship worse. And I think that fear factor is where like the straight line to where you just completely like replace, like you said, replace a true claim with a false claim. Whereas the bullshitter is just like, I'm trying to maneuver through different spaces. And how do I, Mm. how do I use language and everything like that to manipulate that?
1: I think that's a good reading of Frankfurt actually. It's 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 it gets sort of like um, too, I don't know, scrupulous or like, um, because yeah, because Frankfurt's definition of saying something without a concern for the truth, it gets so arbitrary. Like when the dude says "bitches ain't shit," it seems like that wouldn't if he knows that bitches are in fact shit. (laughs) The shit, yeah. Then
0: (laughs) and not bitches.
1: women then it seems like that's more an instance of lying you have to find in order for frankfurt's definition of bullshit in order to have an instantiation of frankfurt's definition of bullshit you have to find an instance where someone truly doesn't care about what whether or not about what they're saying whether or not it's true or false Mm -hmm. which is like harder to even like the bullshitting your boss example to me that seems more like it's just lying so this is my pushback against Against Frankfurt, you have to really find a spot where like the gender is a social construct and dude legitimately has no idea whether or not, <laughs> or doesn't care whether or not gender really is a social mm-hmm. construct, you know? And there's definitely, I mean, you know.
0: Yeah, and I, I, think, I think the reason that, and so the reason that I made that distinction in, in reading like, the, in putting fear sort of in there to, to try to make the distinction I think it's just how we sort of experience the world, like how you kind of deal with these experiences and shit. And so for for the the cat who like, you know, laughs at his boss's joke that's, you know, really not funny and shit. Part of that could be out of fear to, you know, of losing your job, like I have to make sure that, you know, I'm a fucking pet (laughs) in order to keep this job. But it depends, like I said, it depends on the sort of setting and the space that you're in. Like, that determines a lot of it, too, because if you are around other people, the, the sort of, like, gaze upon you individually isn't there, but your participation in whatever that collective, you know, acknowledgement is, is, like, okay, I have to make sure, like, so I'm not, because then at that point, you're you're not stepping on anybody, so like, I don't want, you know, I'm not gonna be the cat who doesn't laugh, or whatever, so you know, the boss has a fucking attitude with everybody now, or whatever the fucking shit may be. And so I think, I don't think enough attention is paid to, like, how space dictates, like, how we sort of experience shit, and, like, the choices that we end up making, you yeah. know, and so that's one, like, where you're lying for sure, because you're just like almost like clear and present you know fuckery in you know in front of you when when you're just one on one with the boss versus being in there with all your other coworkers,
1: yeah, so to t- turn it over to something completely different, I think after reading this like a lot like rap is I don't know what percentage, more than 50% of rap is bullshit. bullshit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just like totally designed to. I think it actually falls into the Frankfurtian definition of reg- like n- no concern for the truth of the matter. Mm-hmm. And it's just totally designed to give an impression of the musician or rapper or whatever. Right. And like, cause like you see it like when, like, you know, what rappers say in interviews is totally different from the type of shit they're talking in their raps Mm -hmm. like if you quote back lyrics to a rapper that are like (laughs) especially egregious i don't think they're gonna like double down on it necessarily you know
0: yeah yeah it's it's all a projection and i think like once once you start to like package shit and sell it it becomes bullshit You know, like at that point, because you are like, your objective is to sell something, and so with with hip hop, like they're selling us expectations of you know what it means to be a rapper, whether it's like young black men sort of embodying these stereotypes and shit, and and reproducing like these expectations, but then also like getting like white rappers and like all this shit who are like. Also reproducing those same narratives and shit like that without any type of like basis to that to that narrative just shows how much bullshit drives like the genre because that's what's selling. Like yeah. that's what cat like, okay, we you know, we high as fuck. But then we, it's we like, shooting shit up.
1: Because, <laughs> because then it's like what I think of then it's like art. Some of these rap cats just lying then if they're rapping about turning up, you know, rapping about being off lean and all this shit. And then it's like really in their personal life, they're like, I don't really like that shit. I'm not into that. But like, hey, that's what sells is like, is that not just lying? You're just lying to everyone in your music and saying, you love it, I'm at the club, I'm turned up, I'm off all the Zans and all the lean and all this shit. Like, is that less bullshit and more just lying? So this is where- Okay, no,
0: because I I was just about to ask, well, is that, so it depends, like, is that, is that bullshit? um,
1: Like, a rapper's not just
0: lying. And I guess like my, I guess it goes back to my thing about fear. Like, what's the motivation? Like, are you coming out like, okay, I I make a song and I'm saying all this shit or whatever. And you could be a cat who says like, okay, I came out and I did all that shit and then I changed, you know, changed my content, everything. Like, so, that's you know, fair. that's fair, right? But um, I think you could say that the cat who doesn't change, you know, who like knows like this isn't me outside of the music shit, this isn't me but you continue to make that music it's probably out of a fear of not having whatever the fuck you've you've you know amassed to this point right yeah. so like say a future was like super OD, OD vegan you know what I'm saying like yoga smoothies right running like all of that shit like you won't fucking find a bottle of lean in his you know in his home anywhere I think he would continue to do that shit out of fear of losing everything he's, you know. Is that, bo- is he lying or, bullshit? but no, and that's what In I'm that saying. Situation. And that's the line, and that's, that's lying. where the line comes into place. Because, yeah. like I said, I think that line is sort of largely contingent upon fear of whatever the consequences of mm. the, the truth, you know, actually coming out.
1: Yeah. I'm just thinking of like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's lying. <laughs> maybe it's bullshit but but yeah it's like but there is it's sort of like like a wantonness that's like a disregard for the truth cuz i wouldn't accuse like a rapper who's rapping about you know shooting the whole block up who doesn't really have that i wouldn't necessarily accuse them of like lying i would more accuse them of like i don't know stretching the truth or playing into
0: you wouldn't you wouldn't accuse the rapper who comes out and says like I'm killing shit and sh- and
1: actually maybe I would maybe that, yeah, maybe, that that's, maybe that's, that's probably like. like
0: yeah that's yeah. yeah yeah that one that person's lying I don't know like because I also think like part of like the bullshit involves like nah I won't even say that but the I thing is
1: lie. the thing that because hip hop has is so rooted in authenticity and if frankfurt's thesis is right that authenticity is bullshit then it's like most of the statements that rappers make in an attempt to be authentic are then bullshit
0: i would because if I would you're
1: trying to describe so. yourself and something, this is what it seems to me like frankfurt is saying any attempt to describe yourself in concrete terms like yeah be, me, being me Or like this whole Myth of like I'm gonna be true to myself Or whatever It's like mm-hmm. Like I feel like I'm a different person Every different room I walk into You know what I mean <laughs> Like right. I think it's Like continuity of self Is such like an interesting And like Fruitful way To understand people Like right, right. Discontinuity of self Rather like um.
0: So I would say to So that, like
1: anytime A rapper is trying to be like Yeah I'm really about this It's like
0: The authenticity factor is bullshit because authenticity is tied to expectations. Like you're you're telling me that, you know, this rapper is authentic because, you know, they came from uh, you know, low income background. Um they've you know they've been they've had to bear witness to, you know, all this crazy shit and they've, you know, experienced all this trauma and, and all of that and so This idea of struggle as, you know, as being authentic just in American culture in general is something that's, like, oftentimes just reproduced and just, you know, thrown out. So, like, authentic, you know, back in the fucking early 1900s was coming, you know, was the blues. Like, that's the Mississippi Delta and shit Mm -hmm. like that. Like, that was authentic, you know, in, in terms of, like, having... Oh, a real, you know, working class experience or whatever was coming from the South, coming from the rural South or whatever. Like now that hip hop has become the the most popular genre that's tied to like this urban identity and shit. And so, okay, the war on drugs, deindustrialization, blah, 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 like all of that shit sort of factors into this, you know, authenticity that's tied to urbanity. And so now that's what we're selling. And, you know, all they are are just expectations of, you know, you're poor, you're hyper violent, you're misogynist, sexist, all of this shit or whatever. You're not only a drug uh, distributor, you're a drug user. Mm-hmm. Like all of this shit is just expectations that, you know, they say are authentic because, you know, that's sort of how... Those social spaces are or the you know the shit that those spaces deal with people in those spaces
1: deal with rather yeah, fuck <laughs> that was a dope monologue. I d- didn't even want to interrupt you, shit I have one other question that's a total bullshit total other, total other direction it's
0: total bullshit
1: <laughs> does tr- is Trump a bullshitter,
0: or is trump lying are is that what the or is or is there an or?
1: I uh, don't. is he a bullshitter? Let's start there. Okay. Uh,
0: okay. So this is so Frankfurt also talked about like bullshitting involving like some intellectual, you know, tapestry that not, you know, that the the best and brightest are able that only the best and brightest are able to pull off. <laughs> You know, and I guess like in a in a crude sense, you could say Trump is bullshitting. Um,
1: Well, well, okay, so let me let me sort of amend or put a little like asterisk. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like the way. People that are like really quick to call Trump like um, a demagogue or want to be fascist or all Mm -hmm. this shit. And if any of this sounds like I'm being an apologist for Trump, it's surely not. But I feel like they say, oh, yeah, he, he, he panders to the base. He stokes racial fear, anti-immigrant fear. He's doing this not because he truly believes it, but because he knows that that's what his base wants to hear.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I have always thought that, that that doesn't strike me as true. I don't know. I don't. Maybe it's what you're getting at. That I'm not sure why I don't think that's true, mm-hmm. but it is undeniably true that regardless of his intentions, he is playing to his base and stoking racial antagonism and anti-immigrant fear. All that stuff. That's undeniably true. But is he doing it without a concern for the truth? So, i.e., would it fall into a Frank Ferdian definition of bullshit? and he's just trying to convey an opinion of himself as someone who is anti-immigrant or whatever to his base or is he truly li- like is he lying does he know the truth and he's substituting his false beliefs about immigration when he knows that you know immigration isn't the reason we're losing our jobs is cuz you know deindustrialization and automation and shit mm-hmm. you know and is he just substituting in a false claim for a true one or is it some combination, like, what do you think?
0: Mm, it might be a combination, but, and that's why I said, like, I think if we are going to give Trump, like, any type of credit, then it'll be, he's a bullshitter in the crudest way possible. Um, because I do think that his base, so, politicians are bullshitters. I think that's safe Because
1: Because most of what they say is said, to convey an opinion of themselves that
0: they Yeah.
1: Well what's the difference between pandering and bullshit? Is pand would Frankfurt say that pandering is just bullshitting? If you're saying something to someone just because that's what they want to hear, is that bullshitting? Or is that just pan That's
0: kind of like bullshitting. That's kinda bullshitty. That's kind of Yeah, it's kinda it's bullshitty. Kinda,
1: it's bullshitty. Yeah, yeah, you're right.
0: It's kinda bullshitty. Cause it's like Yeah, because you're you're make you're projecting some type of You know, some type of claim about yourself or what you believe or whatever it is based primarily on the thoughts and feelings of whoever your uh, constituency is. So, like, it's cats who, you know, are in, you know, you have like some conservative politicians who aren't as right wing as their, you know, voting record entails but because of their base but because of their base in their in in their donors it's like okay I have to vote in a particular type of way so I have to you know I have to make these decisions based on based on on keeping my position with my constituency and so I would think that like in that sense Trump is like any other politician where I think it's I think it's just I think it's different because of A the the tension that we've placed on Trump and B the fact that he's the president because you can go like down the line like Mitch McConnell is one of the worst human beings mm. like ever right yeah. and like this is someone who has done you know has been trying to do all of this shit for decades or whatever right uh John Bolton Like cats who are like really pieces of shit and really don't, you know, don't give a fuck. I think like this is, you know, this is just politics playing out and we're just tuned into it differently because it's packaged in a different way because of Trump. Like it seems like it's a reality show because of Trump. But the bullshit that's involved with the politics and the policies, I think, has always been there.
1: Okay. Yeah, I just don't know. I don't know if I have an answer to my own question. Like when he says shit like "we're gonna build the wall" and it's gonna be the best wall of all the walls, like is that bull? Like I don't know. I just feel like like the, if a lot of like the 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 pundits who come down on Trump a lot had read this have, have like read mm-hmm. Frankfurt, they they'd probably be quick to be like, "Yeah, this this is bullshit" because he mm-hmm. doesn't care about whether or not what he's saying is true. He's just saying it to to fire up his base. Yeah. But I'm like I feel like sometimes it's just he's he's straight up lying and also he's just, sometimes it's just he's just he's too stupid to be bullshitting.
0: Yeah, and that's why I think the part that's why I said part of it is like him lying but him being a politician. So also like now being a politician. So like having speechwriters and, and aides and shit like that who are telling him you have to say this, you have to, you know, your base is interested in this, so you have to go here or whatever. Like, I mean, is I guess, like, you could say he's bullshitting because it is cer- it is certain moments that he, like, shows his actual opinion. So, like, the anti-war stance, right? Like, I don't think Trump necessarily wants to go to war with Iran, right? But he has fucking uh Elliot Abrams and John Bolton in his ear pushing him and Mike Pompeo pushing him to like go to fucking war or whatever. But he's, you know, he's not trying to go to war. So when he when he said like, oh we we were about to send missiles, but I called him off and (laughs) all this like weird shit or whatever, Uh. it's him like he's making a claim the claim is, I don't want to go to war. Now, the circumstances around it, I think, is bullshit. Like, how we got to that point or whatever. That's where all the the bullshit comes into play. Yeah. So, shit. I know, we've been going for a, quite yeah. a minute on
1: this. I know. It's like, you could apply this shit to anything.
0: I know. For real, for
1: real. Instagram is bullshit let's yeah. just what's bullshit rap Ins- is bullshit instagram, instagram social media is social media bullshit, is bullshit. social media is i don't know what it is but like why like if you just had like a regular like you know you got people you went to college and high school with as followers like 300 people like you just would be a regular person but then if you get like Five thousand, ten thousand followers. You're just like a guru, a life guru. <laughs> I don't understand how that transformation <laughs> right, happens. Right, right, right. We're be, yeah, we got.
0: But you know what though? Like, it's going to be interesting when social media does go to that uh, hiding the number of followers and all of that kind of shit. It's going to be interesting to see like how cats react to that type of shit because now the social currency that's associated with that bullshit isn't going to be the same. Yeah, you won't be able to see like oh. Oh girl who's selling a s you know, her self published book, you know, who has a hundred K followers or some shit like that. You know. We'll see how much you're influencing <laughs> when yeah. nobody sees that you have a hundred K followers.
1: Yeah, social media is is Frankfurtian bullshit. Yeah. Hip hop. I feel like we can end on this, but Frankfurt briefly touches on um Ceremonial bullshit, mm-hmm. and like when you know, like, ha- like fucking Trump just had a military parade or whatever.
0: That's some North Korean shit, yeah,
1: bro. But, but like <laughs> the reason, the reason it would fall into the category of bullshit is because it, it has no f- the the true the the true purpose of like the military equipment is to fucking kill motherfuckers and be used in military shit, right. but just to just use it in a totally ornamental way. Is so. Not the true function of it. It's just meant to convey, like, an opinion. It's just, it's just, it's totally. That
0: yeah, that and it and it just sort of normalizes war in a way that's utter bullshit.
1: Well, don't get too heavy. I was about to take it a plate to a place of like yeah, going out to dinner for your having to go out to like a birthday dinner is some bullshit. Yeah, that too. Like what? Like. Why? Why can't we just go, like, I don't understand it's, t- it's done totally To convey the opinion of, oh yeah, we care About this person's birthday, it's so That's so, bullshit
0: so, so now, I can't invite you to my Birthday dinner
1: we, How about we just <laughs> get <that? laughs> No, but of course When it's my birthday, I'm gonna be like, no, you have to come Yeah, fuck you Alright Alright, people we probably business. answered no questions at and just all. Raised a lot of questions. This was a tough one.
0: No, we just uttered bullshit. Uttered
1: bullshit. All right, hit us up on social media and all that. Review us or don't review us. In which case, fuck you. Now that you but uh, we'll yeah. see you yeah. next bullshit. week. Mention it. Mention, mention, mention it. Yeah. Now well, you mention it. Yeah. yeah.